Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. How you doing, everyone? Welcome back to NRL Fantasy Analysis. We're going to be going through our last four teams in this review process here, going through the Storm Panthers, South and also the Warriors here, and, and a bunch of different options that are very interesting that we're going to cover in these ones, and, and by all means, I haven't gone through everyone, guys, so just if you're commenting in there, just saying, oh, hey, what about this guy, what about this guy, I will cover everyone for each team uh, as we go along. I just want to you know, talk about a few guys that are, are going to help you know, create some, some guns or a, a, bit of a, a bit of a pattern of, of yeah, the real solid guns in your side, and then also mixing in some of the cheaper guys and the mid-rangers as well. So you can sort of play around with your teams now and get a gauge of who some of the guys might be that you'd be interested in picking up. So to start with, we've got Harry Grant from the Storm, and at that price point at 697k, the, the I don't see much of a, much downside in terms of the price point. I can see him averaging close to sorry, getting up to close to 750 to 800k. Averaging in those 60s, and and you know you see what he did at the Tigers in a team that wasn't that great. He now you know he's obviously back with the Storm last year. Split some of the minutes with Brandon Smith, the Cheese, uh, and still managed to score really well and, and get to that 697 price point. The question this year: Does he play 80 minutes? And I think that he should be pretty much pretty well playing 80 minutes. In terms of uh, the Storm's forward pack, that's been reduced with the you know with Nelson. Moving on and losing a couple other guy, another guy in Fanukan, for example, it leaves a few minutes in that middle, and I'd imagine Brandon Smith is going to play the majority of those minutes through the middle, um, and that might be split across Christian Welch and other guys in there as well. But that's something to think about with Grant. The main issue for me is that he's out first game, and do you want to hold someone first round when we know how important that first you know one to three rounds is in terms of getting a, a really good start, building some cash, and and getting good scores. Uh, so do you hold Grant for that first week? And I was thinking actually about starting with him and, until obviously you know, a while ago found out that news. So um, something to think about with Grant. You're obviously going to lose him over Origin as well if he's uh, playing and well, he should be playing and then you know, injuries would, would mean he's not playing either. So there's that there. Let's go to Xavier Coates. And the, and the big one for me is obviously the cheap price point and moving from the Broncos who weren't a great team, especially you know, until the last few rounds, 
to the Storm. So he should be a little bit undervalued just based off that, right? You'd imagine the try scoring will increase and you can see what's happened with guys like Vinavalu and Adokar, um, Korobidi, these types of guys. They've always been solid scorers in fantasy, but they're not people that are going to make too much money and they're also not going to be a guy that's going to be a keeper for you. So that's what I think with Xavier. You know, I'd expect him to sit somewhere around the 450k mark, so maybe 120k undervalued. And if he manages to start manages to start slowly, then I don't see... It's probably a bit annoying and there's going to be some other better options um, you know, maybe in the centres that you could play um, as, as like a centre wing fullback duel that we've spoken about. You know, guys like Penasini, the Isaac Tagos, um, Stephen Crichton, these types of guys in good teams as well that they should be able to do pretty well. Xavier's never really been fantasy relevant. That's kind of the, the real worry here um, is how he's going to go in a side when he's not someone that is really big uh, at, at, uh, like in terms of his work rate. If you look at uh, there's a lot of games here under 100 metres, and then he's got the odd games where he's run the length of the field. He's got 265 for one, um, and then a few games there around that 150, 171, 152. So there's some, there's some decent games in around that. But the, the games where he's scoring really big scores, he's scoring doubles, right? Most of the times he scores one tries. Even a game, you know, first game last year, he scored a double. And, and ran for 58 metres and made two tackles, right? He's got a double with a line break and got 21. He's got a, a try the next week and got 28. So there's a lot, going to be a lot of games for the Storm where he just scores that. He gets a try, picks up a few metres here or there, the odd tackle break, uh, the odd kick defusal, defusal and, and scores 30. And then he'll have the games where he gets the doubles. But he's going to have games where he doesn't score, obviously. And you can see there's 80-minute games for 6, 80-minute games for 12, 18, 8, 6, Right? 10, 24, 19. We can go through the list, you know, all, all his whole um, but, you know, couple of years there. And there's so many scores around that 18 to 25 range. So that's something to think about with Coates, that he, he could come out and if he scores sort of 10 tries in the first seven or eight games, then you're probably going to make some money off him. But if he happens to score at like a 70 or 80% uh, try rate, then I don't see him making a lot of money. So that's just something to think about with Xavier there. Right, on to the, uh, the Panthers side of things. And we look at someone like Liam Martin, and what we see this year is he should be getting a few more minutes, right, with, with Capewell moving to the Broncos. But will that create enough value for him to become a keeper? That's really what you need to be thinking about with guys in this mid-range. That 499k, you want him to at least become a 650k to 700k player and be a gun that you hold for the rest of the year. I don't see that with Martin. His work rate isn't incredible. He did actually you know, average a pretty good minutes last year, which you know shows to you that even with his slight increase, he is going to have to increase his try rate or, or something like that to to be really relevant there. You look at the bunch of the games, you know, 51 minutes off the bench, he's got a 36 and a 27, 26 and a 52-minute effort, 35, 55 with a try and 56 with a try, right? One really high work rate game with, with five tackle breaks um, and a couple of offloads. You know, he's got an eight-minute game for 30 there, 38, um, and 44 when he started. So there's a lot of games in that mid-range there. And when, and when he's got a break-even or priced at 40, what you're looking for him to be is a 50-point score. And I just don't see it happening on a regular basis. He's not someone that has a really high tackle rate. His metres gained is, is usually pretty fine when he plays you know, anywhere around that 50 minutes plus. He, he gets close to 100 metres um, and above. But if you're looking overall at his scores, there's not enough games that are over that 60 mark. Like he has a bunch of games over 50, but then a lot in the, in the low 30s and low 40s. And I just don't see the value 
in Liam Martin compared to a few other guys that that um that are a bit more let's say fantasy relevant in terms of their stat making. You know, we look at someone like Kurt Mann who is a, a good decent chance of getting some good minutes through the middle and maybe spelling at hooker for Chris Randall if that comes about. Who's thirty you know twenty to thirty k less um, has some well, should have some dual position and has has pedigree of, of scoring in the mid fifties um, with with time in the middle. So for Martin. Yes, he, he should play some decent minutes. Will, will he play 80? I don't think he does. Um, if he does consistently, then there's a bit of value, but not enough, I don't think, to, to warrant selection. But if you like him, yeah, he's not going to be the worst choice. You know, I don't think you're going to lose money on him, let's say that. All right, we look at someone like Dylan Edwards at 496k. Injury concern for him is, is very real. You know, we, we've seen a, a bunch of years now where he's he's done really well and he's been that guy that averages over 50 or around that 50 mark and then he happens to get injured or, you know, you select him for a few weeks and then he gets an injury-affected five. So any value you got in that first few weeks, you lose when he gets that five, for example. And you look at his scores last year, he actually started fairly well. A few 40s in there, a couple of high 50, like three high 50s before missing out on a few weeks, playing the large, you know, Pretty much last year was actually one of his um, better seasons. Yeah, he missed a, you know what four games in there between four to six, uh, three games between four to six, and then missed a couple, um, eleven and twelve, and then played the majority to the end of the year. And obviously getting you know, injured injured there in the final. So he's coming off a bit of a, um, he's coming off foot surgery as well. So that's something to think about with him. Price at forty one, he's definitely undervalued. But will that, um, will that be enough to turn him into a keeper? I personally don't think so. 496 is a nice price, though. So, yeah, price of that 40. He needs to average over 50 for it to be worth it. I can see him doing it for a, a certain amount of time before having a few quiet ones or getting injured. So, someone to, to pick at your own peril, but you're picking up a guy who's in a you know, fullback in a really strong team, so there's every chance that he can do it. He's owned by 1.88%, so there's going to be a bunch of guys that are going to... Um, are going to pick him up for sure, and I, I, don't, I wouldn't be against anyone that would like to. Uh, that's for sure. So we move on to someone like Stephen Crichton. Stephen. And for me, at 350k, we're, we're, you've got to think of him as you picked him up at, oh, as almost a rookie baseman price in his first year. So when he did that in 2020, you see the, uh, the amount of tries that he scored. He actually almost set a record. You know, he's always scoring a try every game. And a lot, of the, a lot of those times, he's scoring a try or two, and he's scoring between that mid-30s to 45 even with a second try there. There's one game we actually dominated and got four line breaks for 74. But he's not someone that's going to be completely dominant in that centres, right? So you look at his tackle numbers here, and it's only a few games above 10. And then a bit of consistency in the back end of the year with sort of 12 to twelve to 14 being um, his standard there. So for me, if you're moving to the centres, you're hoping that his gameplay has improved. And you definitely saw some improvements last year. Playing um, in the fullback position, he obviously got to run the ball a little bit more. And in the centres, we'd hoping we'd be hoping for him to be averaging around that 140 metres and over 10 to 15, you know, 10, somewhere between 10 and 15 tackles each game at a base. And then you're looking at getting some attacking stats, being in a really strong Panthers side. So for him at 350k, who's dual position in the centre and wing fullback, priced at 28, I can definitely see some value. I can see him averaging somewhere in the mid 30s this year. And, you know, if someone that covers two positions and going to give you about 100k in value at a minimum, if he happens to, you know, take a leap in his third year, which is every chance for him, he's a really, he actually is a really good player, then 
he could be, you know, he could average a little bit higher and, and be priced a little bit higher. And I, I don't see him becoming a keeper. So for me, it's more just the dual position and getting him, um, getting him at a nice price. You're not, you're not breaking the bank to start him in your, in your centres. And as we saw with guys like Momorowski last year, you own a, a centre in, in a strong team. There's every chance that they, they get the try assist or the try. Like, he didn't actually score a lot of tries, Momorowski, last, last year, but he'd always get that one run in open play where he'd make a line break and a few tackle breaks possibly get a try or get an assist and, and you're getting that mid-30s to 50 um, each week. So that's something that could happen with Crichton and I'd suggest him as being a pretty solid buy at this stage but you'd imagine him being on that left edge when you've got um, you've got Luai and, and if he can um, perform like he did uh, for the especially for the bulk of that, that first part of the season last year which I think he will. He's obviously got pretty tired across the season. He played Origin. There's a lot going on so having Dylan Edwards out the back to feed Crichton as well is even better. We move to Isaac Tago, and, and for him, he should be getting the right edge. We actually have get him as an edge and a, and a center combination, and and price at twenty seven, just that slight bit below um, Crichton. There, we're getting someone that has a, a little bit of ability. You know, he played a, spent a fair bit of time coming off the interchange bench and filling in on on an edge or in or in the centers and and just playing where he needed to <coughs> across the last um you know last bunch of games in the season obviously debuted in, in round 13 um and sorry for the the lack of videos last week guys i'm coming off COVID, hence the hence the cough uh, was all good though so you look at a game here 36 minutes off the bench run for 100 meters got six tackle breaks so he's obviously fairly damaging when he gets a little bit of time got a tackle break in one of the others and four in his uh, in his 52 minute effort there playing on on an edge um yeah, not something that you expect too much, but he definitely had a little bit of ability there. If you're looking at his tackle to, to miss tackle ratio, you know, really, really strong. He only missed three tackles for the season. So this is, this is great looking for him to move into the centres because um, spending more time in the centres, you'll expect a little bit more of a, a missed tackle ratio than you would in an edge because you usually have a couple of blokes either side where you can get exposed in the centres out there. So just keep that in mind. But overall, it's, it's really good signs for him that his missed tackle, you know, to tackle ratio is really, really good. Um, yeah, for me, if, you, if you're looking to pick him up, price that 27, much more chance of scoring tries. He only had that one game with, with a try last year. In that centre position, looked, I'd look to him to probably not score as well as a Monroski, but you know, Monroski would have made 200k from this point onwards. So for me, somewhere priced between the 35 to 38, I think it's really realistic for, for Tago. And you're getting him at a, a dual position, edge and centre. So we don't know enough about him at this stage, but I'd definitely be looking into the trials for more information on him. Okay. With the Souths, we move on to a very interesting interesting situation where we got Taff and Ilias, so Lachlan Ilias there. Taff's going to get the wing full, uh, the fullback position for the first few weeks while the trail's out. Ilias should start in the, in the seven role. The question being, Taft played really well the back end of last year. Obviously, was not fullback, but he's a natural half. So does he get moved back to the seven position? Does Ilias play well and keep it? Obviously, their South are going to be a pretty strong side. So there's every chance that if he comes out and plays half decent, that he'll remain in that space. So I think Taft is currently the one that's a little bit more risky. He could come out and score a couple of um, couple of good scores the first few games of fullback. I can see that definitely happening as he as he you know played so well in the lead up to you know in the final series for them um, has his talent for sure. What I see is if there's an injury to any of them, then you can just move to the other. I think Ilias has uh, is a little bit a little bit safer. And he did play the one game last year and, and it wasn't anything to write home about. 
he did miss a few tackles, if I'm correct. Just let me check. Um, yeah, so 20 tackles in the in the half position, which is which is great. We, you know, we can't complain with that. Played the 73 minutes, 20 tackles, but five missed tackles. So that's something to, to keep an eye on. He had the one error, ran for 78 metres, which was awesome in his first game. If we can see that more often, um, you know, get the odd odd tackle break, the odd offload, and, and maybe the odd, you know, if we get a, give him a small percentage on, on try success rate, kick for 178 metres. I'd expect something similar to that, around that 200 mark, playing next to a Cody Walker. Um, and did score a try in that 31 minute, uh, 31 point effort. But with you know 12 points in demerits, I could see him averaging somewhere in the mid 30s to 40 um, as as on a on a on a safe basis. Um, so that would give you an extra you know cup 150 to 200k in price rises and, and a fairly safe option for a guy 300k. If you're hoping for a mid 30s price for, uh, scoring for him, then you can almost start him in your in your halves or, or play him as a reserve on the bench. So that's for Ilias there. Um, Taft is yeah, not too much to talk about in terms of. I don't think he's going to be getting that, getting that first crack at number seven. Should play well in the number one position, and we'll work it out from there. But he has that wing fullback and half jewel, so if there's an injury, he'd be awesome to to pick up along the way. And just the last one, we do have a centre spot that's open. We should have a rookie in there. Um, there's a couple of guys vying for that spot, which we'll find out further as we get into the trials. But yeah, something to think about with. Yeah, centers, wingers, especially um, coming into this season, is you want to be picking up the basement guys. If you, you know, we're not exactly sure how they're going to go in the NRL, obviously it's very hit and miss with the centers and wing fullbacks. Much more chance of doing well if they're playing for a good team. And with South being a, I'd say probably a top top six team this year without Reynolds, then I'd, I'd suggest that a winger or a center, a center especially, is going to be a little bit better, just a little bit safer with their points than than a wing fullbacks can be. Then they're not a bad one to pop into your um, onto your bench. There, you don't try. You'd be trying not to play them, but hopefully a little chance to make some money at a cheap price. So that's the South. Move on to the Warriors to finish it off. And there's a few guys we want to talk about in here. <coughs> Joshi Curran to start. You got that middle and that edge jewel at 675k. The price point for me is a little bit rich. So I'm assuming he's going to start really well. There's no reason why he wouldn't. He's uh, very much a good PPM kind of you know, type player, whether he's on the edge or through the middle. And it looks like he'll get his chance through the middle while Tohu Harris is out. So that's something to think about. With Joshi, the duel's really nice. He's going to score well. 675k. If he's about that 575 to 600, I'd say you'd be able to get a little bit of value out of him, out of, him at the start, You know, about 100k um, in value and, and keep a level scores. But for me, a 675, I just think there's a few better options around the 600k mark. Um, or you could pick up pick up someone like a TPJ at the same price with still the jewel. Um, it has a little bit more upside in terms of the offloading, for example, uh, and an, an increase in minutes. Whereas that price for Curran is is pretty much based on the same amount of minutes that he's got going to get and the same role that he played last year. So just think about that. We're looking for value at this point of the year, unless you're picking a Top Gun like a Payne Haas, for example. That's what I'd go with there. Shawnee Johnson at five forty four k. My issue is the the price points. Like it's a little bit lower than obviously it was last year. Um, when he was scoring around that fifty average, he did get injured. He's coming off the back you know, of, a, of a pretty bad injury. So the worry for him is a new team. You know, he pretty much had run of the team last year with with the uh, with the Sharks. You saw him playing with Moylan for a lot of it. Um, so he had to do a lot of the kicking in general play. Will he get that as much playing next to a Chanel or you know whoever he's going to get uh, in the Warriors team? I just don't see there's I just don't see there being enough value because he's not going to be a keeper by the end of the year. I I would not suggest 
he's getting a bit older, he's coming off an injury. There's a lot of things to, to think about. They have a lot of weapons with Reese Walsh, um, you know, so whichever other half it's going to be, um, and a few really good um, sort of edge forwards with Curran and, and, and Aiken going to be playing there, for example. I just see um, better offer, a better value elsewhere, especially when you're looking you know, in that half position where there's other... You've got the top guns in a clear. If you're going to start with that, you've got some cheaper guys with Ilias and um, you can play Matt Burton. There's so many other guys around that price point that I think have more upside than Johnson. Move on to Aiken, and he's someone I'm pretty high on at this stage of the season, and yeah, for good reason. You're getting a guy that could you could pop into your centres or you could play him on the edge at 540k. He's probably um, a little bit undervalued, definitely, if we're thinking he can average somewhere in the high 40s to... to mid 50s if you're thinking like a 48 to 55 kind of um, uh, spread there for him he's 135k cheaper than Curran um, and you can play him at the, as you can play in that center point uh, or, or the edge position and I just feel like for for Aiken he's he's already said himself that he'll be playing in the back row did really well in that position last year the Warriors should be fairly decent this year so I'd give him an opportunity to score a few more tries like he did last year I just think he provides some safety uh, and a little bit of value in that centre position. So he's almost a no-brainer if you have enough money to, to put, pop him in there. But, you know, the other thing is there's a bunch of guys, as we said, Tago, Crichton, Penasini, all those types of guys that you could pop into your centres. So, yeah, see how he, um, see how he fits your, your squad, but I think he's going to be a pretty solid option. And lastly on this list is going to be Rocco Berry. Rocco Berry, so as a centre and wing fullback, Jewel, we obviously get that versatility, which is going to be great this year with you know a lot of COVID protocol and things going to be happening there. At 358k for me, he's you know obviously that slight bit more expensive than the other guys, and I just think they're probably better options than Rocco at the moment in better teams. With if you go on Penasini with the Eels, you got the um you know potential uh, center for the South, whoever that's going to be. Um, you then also have the centers for Panthers, who are also going to be a better team. So think of that. When you're looking at Rocco, we'll look at his scoring as well. Um, and just a couple of things that are really interesting to me is the last few games, he had a, some, two really big outlier games in terms of tackles, <clears throat> which, had, um, which had bumped his scoring up as well. So we'll let that load in a second. Uh, but yeah, for me, like it was a 26 tackle game in there, maybe a 28 as well. Uh, also, no, uh, maybe just over 30. Let's just check it rather than guessing, Jamie. Uh, 26 and a 31, yeah, so I was right there um, in tackles. And, and for me, his metres gained is the one to worry about. One game over 100, and that was when he scored a try. All the other games that just weren't high enough for me. And, and for someone that's already priced in that sort of 28 range, 29 range, he's going to have to average close to 40 for us to be, you know, for it to be worthwhile to bring into the side. Yes, the dual position helps, but if you look at all the games where he didn't score a try, he's going to 20 or 15 a negative one in 34 minutes, which wasn't ideal. Um, and then you've got a 34. He did score a 48, which is a really nice game. Three tackle breaks and four offloads to go along with that 26 tackle. So I'd be calling that an outlier game um, compared to with others. He did show a little bit of promise. Like, he looked like a guy that had a fair bit of talent. But we've said that before with, with other types of players. Like, we've, you know, we've seen some really good games from someone like Conrad Hurrell, and then he's had some really poor ones um, in amongst that as well. So I'd just be keeping that in mind for someone in a Warriors team that isn't going to be amazing. They might be close to a bottom eight sort of team. Um, but for me, the scores are okay when you're needing him to score in the mid-30s to 40s. I just, yeah, I can see some better options elsewhere. But if you like him, if you think he's going to have a breakout season, I'm not going to push you away. But he's someone that I'd be watching early personally. 
Um, there's a chance you get him even cheaper after a couple of weeks if you happen to have an injury in that, you know, the wing fullback or the centre position. Um, and if he does well, then we can, you know, and he's, he's turned into sort of like that keeper level player, then we can just jump on him. You haven't missed out on too much. Like if you're getting him at 390 or 400k and he's actually a keeper player, then you haven't missed out on much anyway. So that's uh, the last four teams, guys. What we'll be doing following this is um, probably jump in and have a little play around with, with like a, setting up a bit of a team. Um, and what you'd be looking to do when you're setting up that side with this year will pop in actually this year's players rather than just analysing my round one team from last year. I think that would be a good little one to go through. And then we'll do a little bit of a deeper dive into all of the, you know, the makeups of each team and, and how that's going to fit fantasy this year. And obviously you know, a, little bit to, a little bit more to do on each of the players in each of the teams before we go into a bit of a positional analysis as we get um, closer to trials and things like that but that's where we're at the moment obviously it's uh, almost Australia Day here so still a fair while uh, before the season starts so um, good luck making your teams guys Uh, I really appreciate all of you guys tuning in and if you are new to the channel or you aren't subscribed yet I'd really appreciate if you do as the videos are going to start ramping up and you get that notification bell as well it's uh, really appreciative I really appreciate that and we'll, uh, we'll catch you in the next bunch of videos, guys. Hope you have a great day. See you later. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.